Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Welcome back, everyone. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully. He's Gordon Mack. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can listen to the show wherever you listen to audio podcasts, and you can subscribe to the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube channel. We're talking about the pre-classic on today's episodes. Don't have the full fields yet, but we have enough to talk about. We'll also be back on Friday to recap uh, any news that happens and also touch on all the other events. Gordon, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. Uh, look at this. Put the screen up, uh, Travis, if you can. There's what? You know, there's a lot of events, but only seven fields are known. We, and it's mm. Wednesday, and the meet starts on Friday. We got to solve this problem, man. We can't have only seven fields known 48 hours before the meet starts. We just can't do mm-hmm. that. We can't have that. We need to know more people. What? what why Listen. does this happen in our sport all the time, man? Why do we not? I mean, like, why? Why? Why do we not know this? Hell, we didn't even know fields for the Olympic five k, like Safana San, until like twenty four hours before the the event. So, oh yeah, I'm tripling. Like, what? This whole yeah. we don't know who's running race, races. This is a problem. It's just not a good thing. Yeah, but listen, we have two shows, so this is actually a good thing True. for us because we can do part one. And part two. Let's get right to it, though, because they did talk about – they did announce one field this morning that's not listed on there. Um, so I want to start with the women's sprints just in general. So women's 100, we'll start there. We know the field. We have Shakira Richardson going up against the podium from Tokyo. And if you look at this race as a whole, you see as an opportunity for Shakira to, to compete. I mean, she's the biggest star who was not in Tokyo, and now she has a chance to – to run a race against the best women in the world. She's obviously going to be highly motivated coming into this race. But I also think the rest of the women in this field are going to be motivated too. I don't think they want to take a loss. I think Shelly and Fraser Price had silver in Tokyo. I think she wants to come back and show that she's the fastest woman in the world. So despite this being after the Tokyo Olympics, Gordon, this takes on more meaning than virtually any post-Olympics race could. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was distracted by uh, looking at the field and realizing we're going to have two 10-6s and three 10-7s all in the same race. It's pretty cool. It's going to be great. It's, it's uh, going to be good. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we've been we've been talking about this race now even before we knew it would happen, right? The whole mm -hmm. Shakari Richardson situation. We were excited to see her race the Jamaicans, but then she gets banned. So then we're even more excited to see her race the Jamaicans because now they see what the Jamaicans do in the Olympic Games. They go one, two, three, which is kind of the perfect result that you wanted for this yeah. storyline for the Jamaicans to dominate the Olympics without Shakari there. Is then that makes when she does race them even more uh what's gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, Jamaicans are the heavy favorite, especially Elaine and Shelly Ann. The their their runs at the Olympic Games were not flukes. Elaine is two thirds of her way through pulling off with the same bolt, right? Winning mm -hmm. three straight double doubles. She's on she, she has a double double now, she could get a triple double in twenty twenty four. Um but all that goes out the window when we get to see them race each other on – is it Friday or Saturday when the race is? Saturday. Saturday? Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Saturday afternoon, seeing Shakari go up against Elaine, Shelly Ann, Tulu for that matter, and Sharika. It's going to be great. And mm -hmm. I've said that – I think I've came already out with the take that I think um, Shakari's going to win. That was my take. I also had another take that Shikari would have won the Olympic Games. I angered some people with my thoughts. Um, yeah. But, you know. The public is hey, against you. I'm, I'm looking at this against poll. against me. 30,000 votes. That's a big number of votes. No. 67. Yes. 33. You and I are split on this one. I just think we're thing. in this. 10,000 yeah. people agreed with me. That's a lot of people. If I had 10,000 people on my side. On any idea or thought, look yeah, like that's not not good. It's not almost good. a stadium. It's like a half of a soccer good. stadium. It's pretty good. That's not good for anybody involved who knows Gordon. We're in a unique situation. We've seen people who look like they're going to be podium contenders miss the Olympics because of injury or have a, a bad race at trials or underperform. But what happened to Richardson is is unique because she has this. She qualifies at trials. Looks great. Looks like she's going to be able to contend for the gold and then has a suspension long enough to where it kicks her out of the Olympics, but not long enough to where she's done for the season. So she's still able to race. Yeah, she's had time off and not ideal leading into a big matchup, but it's not as if she had to sit for a year and then come back. And that's why she's the she's the biggest star, as I mentioned, who missed the Olympics, but she's she was also the most relevant in terms of medal potential that missed the Olympics because you could look at other people. Oh, so, you know, for example, Donovan Brazier reigning world champion, he missed it, but he was hurt. So if you put Brazier in the, he wasn't ready to run. Shakira Richardson was ready to run. It was just a suspension that they kept her out. So now we're in this unique situation where not only do we have Prefontaine classic after the Olympics and, and in August, but we have someone who was going to be a medal contender, gold medal contender in the race going up against the entire podium. And I'm I'm surprised that we're getting it. I'm, so I'm crossing my fingers. We got a couple of days to go to get there. I hope it's gonna come through because I think it's gonna be it's gonna be worth the wait. It's wild seeing World Athletics scratch from the record her three one hundred meter dash results on their World Athletics profile because she was smoking weed. It's just hilarious. It's like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, oh yeah. It's is like, that off of all? Is it gone forever on everything? I guess so. Let's, we're, gonna, 
We're going to pretend it never happened because she was doing something completely. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, we've already talked, circled the wagons on that topic. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely going to be the marquee, marquee race of the, the meet. I think it's going to be the most hyped event that we've ever had post Olympics because not only are track fans intrigued, but non-track fans are going to be intrigued. It's just Shakari has found a way to take the sport to a, another level with her her fame. I mean, look at this. Look at me, Instagram follower. We talk about Instagram follower growth. Bring this up. <laughs> Something happened between June and July that made uh, her her celebrity go wild. Right. So, yeah. um, this. There's people who win gold medals. There's people who win gold medals multiple, multiple, many, many years in a row mm. who can't pull off this type of fame. Uh, because, unfortunately, you know, a lot of times celebrity is not just purely about results driven, right? It's mm -hmm. Sometimes it's outside factors. In this situation, she carries – she had double that. She had the outside factor of her, her personality that was very appealing and then also the outside factor of the – the ban. But look at this. Alsa Felix. She's been, the, you know, the most decorated, you know, that's what they say, most decorated athlete, greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. This, that, the other thing. <laughs> she carries been in the game for like two years. Mm -hmm. And in one moment, she like triples what Alsa Felix is. It's just, it's wild. It shows that's how the world works, right? It's, it's uh, sometimes random, right? How uniqueness of, one weed ban, one, you know, personality. Well, it was the race. It was the race too. It wasn't. It wasn't just a suspension. It was the trials. The, the performance. Uh, there's no results found. It's one word. That's why. If you maybe. Go, Travis account? is going crazy. Travis oh, is yeah. going crazy now with uh, huh? with with all these graphs and charts here. He's trying to compare Gordon now to Allison Felix <laughs> and Shakira Richardson. So I told you I was going to tell you if there had been a other. Or another a race that I could think of at pre-classic that matched up to this. And I got to go back to 2006. When okay. you had Justin Gatlin versus Safa Powell. I don't know if, know if you remember this, Gordon. The much-anticipated race between those two men, the two best in the world. What do they do, Gordon? They both show up to Eugene, and they run them in different heats of the 100. This is not a joke. This actually happened. I was at the meet that year, and I was very confused frustrated and annoyed you look up articles from that era here's one from the new york times gatlin and powell show how to sprint and duck here's one from the la <laughs> times gatlin powell run well separately everybody was scratching their head about about this and we're kind of getting the opposite here right we're they don't they're not ducking each other they're going right into it and they don't need to it would have been easy for any one of these these women to call it a year and pack it up but they're not. And credit to them for going out there and racing. We also saw this morning, she's not content with just 100. Richardson's making up for lost time. She's entered in the, in the 200 here with a ridiculous field. So you have uh, Gabby Thomas, bronze in, in Tokyo in there. You have Dean Asher-Smith, who was hurt, pulled out of the 200 in Tokyo after the 100, but she's back. Prandini, um, Allison Felix in there as well. And so another opportunity to see, see Richardson here. What do you think of, of the decision to double? 
Well, she's trying to make up for lost time, right? That's what Shakari's doing. She has a lot of energy. She has a lot of uh, race. Race is still left in her legs for the 2021 season. And mm. she was running 200 pretty well during the regular season. You see this race. I mean, it was only 22.35. When you look back at, you know, people running 21.6s and 21.8s, it's not as impressive. But it wasn't a headwind, and it was early on in the season. It was back in May. And she showed she could handle that distance. Um, she scratched the 200 at the trials. And, yeah. you know, some of us at the time, we thought, okay, maybe she just wasn't prepared to double. Was a scratch because she knew about the pending, the, the eventual, you know, marijuana ban. I don't know if she knew that yet at that time. So that could have been a reason why she ultimately scratched the 200 at the trials. But... We don't know if she ever had the 200 in her mind as like an event that she wanted to to star in in 2021 if she was kind of saving the 200 for 2022 or 2023 because she, she's young right it's a, a lot of times the one two double you, you don't always it, mm-hmm. a lot of times you wait till your mid-20s before you start really dabbing into trying to dominate two events um so i'm excited to see gabby thomas versus uh, Shakari Richardson, the two Americans. Tom, well, after, as soon as Thomas ran that twenty-one six, the twenty-one six, I actually tweeted at Shakari, and she never got back to me. Let's see if you can find the tweet, Travis. Can you find the tweet? Do you remember? Find the tweet. I don't remember. Do you remember when you tweeted it. about you tweeted to Caster Semenya her strategy for getting onto the Olympic team as well? Too. It's almost like professional athletes are not reading Gordon Max. Tweets. I know. I, yeah. Why I'm, is I'm that? Really, when was when was oh, the when you? were the, when were the trials? I don't remember when the trials were. Pro- probably June? right when you tweeted that. Yeah, I'm guessing the right when you tweeted that. You said, "What would you have run in that 200 meter final? 9:44 p.m. on June's tw- June uh, 26th." I'm guessing that was right after the race. Yeah. And she didn't respond. Joel and B responded. No, that's that's different. That's. Uh, that's <laughs> Yeah, I wanted her to be okay. like, I want her to, to retweet it and be like, I would have won. And then everyone would have been like, oh, but, you know, I was trying to start yeah. shit. It didn't work. It didn't work. No, don't. It... <laughs> okay, so uh, comment in the chat if you'd like. We got one from Brian here in the chat. I'm looking at the chat this time. I haven't been looking at the chat, but I pulled the chat up this time just because um, it's a pre-classic preview. So people have a lot of opinions. Brian says, surprise, the Jamaicans are racing in Eugene. Or in the U.S., excuse me. Neither Shelly Ann or Elaine run very good in Eugene. You also need to consider this is a different timing for Eugene. This is not end of May, Eugene. This is end of August. And I know Shelly Ann in 2019 came to pre and had a bad race. Did not run well at all. And then people were saying, oh, what's, what's wrong with her? And then you go back and you look. Oh, well, she was kind of just going through the motions there. And then the next thing we knew she was off and running and goes and wins in Doha and rips off an amazing season. So I'm not surprised they're there because they're both Nike athletes and Nike wants their athletes at pre. But I also think post-Olympics, given everything this year, I think they would have been more likely to say, hey, you don't need to go. But keep in mind, this is different timing for the Prefontaine Classic. So I don't necessarily think their past results are going to be an indication of what they're going to be able to put out here. I think, I think if Thompson, I don't expect Thompson to do another 1061. That was a no. otherworldly performance. And we need to appreciate that for what it is. 
But could Fraser Price run faster than she did in Tokyo? Absolutely. I think she could. But think about all the, just the physical toll that the Olympics took, the emotional toll, then coming down and then now having to finish out the season. We don't know. I think some people are going to be strong and some people are going to come out a bit flat. And and there's no way of knowing. We see a little bit of that post-Olympic trials here too, but Olympics is different because it's everybody in the world. And that's really the big thing. That's really the, the carrot at the end. So we shall see. We shall see. But I'm excited to see her in both, uh, particularly that women's 100. It's going to be very, 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 very good. Yeah, I think Shikari has an extreme advantage over the Jamaicans in this race. Uh, not have to come off the Olympics, not have to come off of, you know, traveling to Tokyo, quarantining, doing another whole thing. She gets to just do it in her backyard. She just has a one quick trip, two-hour flight from California or wherever she's training. I'm not sure where she's training. Uh, Florida. She's so she's coming Florida. about as – that's pretty far. Florida and yeah, Jamaica but like, are, are kind of close to each other. Yeah, but there's Relative a difference between Florida. you're coming off of your Tokyo trip and back and the, oh, the, yeah, the high and the low, all the media availability. She – she hasn't talked to anyone. I guess she was doing a music video with Doctor with uh, with Kanye, so that might have been a little bit of a distraction. But there's no rounds. I really do think the race is superly superly. That's a new word I made up. Um, advantage to Shikari because she didn't have to do the Olympics, and it's not rounds, so more chaos can happen in a one race final. And that's in her hometown, not her hometown, it's in her home country. The Jamaicans, you know, they go, go get through the visa, do this, that, and the other thing. It's, it's, it's complicated. So I think if Shikari had to go do this race in Jamaica, you know people will be thinking like, oh, you got to travel to Jamaica. Oh, you got to go through this. You got to do that. Oh, okay, you got to get in a hotel, mm -hmm. all this stuff. But Shikari is like, oh, it's just in your backyard in Eugene. So I think it's less about travel and more about race reps. and. Is, is the fact that she hasn't raced since trials going to hamper her more than the other women who are coming off of a big meet at the Olympics, right? We talked about rest versus rust before. And that's, that's the, the push and pull here that we're going to see in this race. And I'm sure other races, we're going to get results that counter it. Because I'm sure in other events, then you're going to see people who... For example, like the women's eight, you know, you're comparing someone like Kate Grace, who didn't run at the Olympics, but went to Europe versus Ajay Wilson, who went to the Olympics, but went out in the semis versus Othang Mo, who won the gold medal versus Jember. You know, there's just all these, there's going to be all these data points throughout these different events. Um, okay, so let's go, do you want to stick with the sprints and go to the hundred? Sure. Men's hundred? Let's do it. Okay. So men's hundred. There's a lot to learn from this race. And I don't want to blow it out of proportion because it's a post-Olympics race. But when you look at the people entered in this race, and I'll just go and highlight a few. So you have Bromel, who's entered in this race, came in as the Olympic favorite, went out in the semis in Tokyo. I want to see what he has. You know, was Tokyo just an aberration? Is he gonna get back into the nine eights and nine sevens. He obviously ran great in Eugene at the trials. Don't know. DeGrasse, gold in the 200. He was bronze in the 100, always solid. Curly, another opportunity for him in the 100, ran nine eight mid, you know, Olympic silver medalist. He could win this race, obviously. 
without saying, without, without, I mean, he doesn't even need to have an overperformance, really. That's how good Fred Curley is in 100. And then you go down Michael Norman. And you can make the case that Michael Norman's best race since early track season in 2019 was his 100 that he ran at AP Ranch in 2020 when he ran the 986. Like you, could, you could make that argument. There's also a situation here where what if Michael Norman does that again and beats this field? His teammate, Rye Benjamin, very confident in him. He's not shying away. He says that he has a hot take that Michael Norman could break the world record in the 100. So that, that tells me at least that, that Michael Norman's loose. Like he's not, he's not overly worried about this because his, his friend and training partner is posting things like that online. Gordon, are there going to be any 400 meter runners left? Is my question. Like what, what's going to happen if Michael Norman does run a 9.8 in this race and gets, say, Curly runs 9.84, Michael Norman runs 9.87? What do we yeah, do? With we're, that? Well, we we need this to happen though, because let's be honest, they, when you have the mixed four by four and alternates, you need we need to start uh pulling away from all the four hundred meter runners and start putting them in the the one hundred and the two hundred. Um, you could argue then, I mean, I'm sure Noah Lyles would never want to do it, but Noah Lyles could probably run a fast four hundred. So can Grant Holloway. Uh, so maybe we. We do some trades. We take some of the, the quarter guys and we put them all in the hundreds and the, the short sprints and then take Noah Lyles and Grant Holloway and put them in the, the 400s. Um, no, I'm, I'm just <laughs> Switch kidding. Switch it all up. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be wild. It'll be interesting to see what Norman does because he's able to show whether that 986 was like an aberration or the norm. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited that he's doing it because it shows that he's still thinking about these shorter sprints, right? He's still thinking about the 200 probably and the yeah. 100. We talked to show this, you know, comparing him to Tyson Gay, Van Niekerk, and Michael Johnson and Usain Bolt. Um, eventually, Fred Curley's going to be on this list. We just need Fred Curley to run a fast 200, and then it's going to be wild. Because, you know, Michael Norman has run 19.7 in the 200, which is a super elite time. Once Fred Curley figures out the turn, and he has his 200 well, down, Fred Curley is going to be number one on that list. Well, and Norman's already figured out the turn. He just yeah. hasn't run the race a ton because he's stuck to the 400, which would make sense because he ran 43-45 in April as a season opener in 2019. Of course you'd stick with the 400. Who do you think stands the most to gain from this race? Because we talked last week, the, the biggest races we wanted to see remaining – and we just said we wanted to see anything with Bromel and Norman because those were the two that we were still scratching our head about after the Olympics, trying to figure out what went wrong for them. And now we get them both in the same race, not at the distance I would have expected for Norman. But who do you think, when you look at this whole roster, has the most to gain from this pre-classic men's 100? I mean, the people who have the most to gain are the non-medalists, right? So I would say Curly and DeGrasse, are kind of like there's nothing for them to prove, right? They already proved that they are top tier in the short sprints. Mm-hmm. Gallon doesn't really have anything to prove because he's on the way out, right? What if Gallon runs fast? Is he all of a sudden say I'm coming back in 2022? I think he already said this was his last year. <laughs> Maybe he comes out and runs nine eight, and he's like, "Hey, I'm doing 2022, which would be great. For, <laughs> be wild." Um, 
Gillespie might have something to prove because he was the anchor for the four by one and people kind of blamed him for not being able to close on a few guys. So if he comes out and runs nine eight, then people will be like, oh, Gillespie, mm-hmm. a pretty, you know. Um Baker, I don't think has anything to prove. He just had a bat. He, he's already run a fast time. He won the Monaco meet. Him winning or losing this meet doesn't really mean much. Bromel has, I think, something to prove to show that he's behind his injury. He's a, the injury's behind him um, because you keep talking about Bromel the injury. Go- what do we know? You keep saying he was injured. We have no evidence that he was injured. Did well, you ask I think he's dealing with, an, dealing with an ankle. Yeah, yeah. There's been reports he's been you dealing said with that? an ankle. Yeah. Okay. I never saw it. Okay. Well, that's what I heard. An ankle? Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. So he's been doing something, and we saw it started I up didn't in see, the Monaco meet. I didn't see any quotes that from him that said that. I could have missed something. Okay. Someone will remind me if if I did. But he ran the four by one. Yeah, but, but he going. wasn't like injured where he's running ten one. He could still at least run a four by one. Um. So I think yeah, the most to prove. I guess it's Bromel, like you said, Bromel and Norman. We're go full circle to prove those are two. Because Norman is, you know, he doesn't have an individual medal from the Olympics. So he can come out here and run, win this race and beat multiple medalists. You know, beat, uh, beat yeah. Curly, beat uh, DeGrasse. That looks good. It's like, whoa, okay. Maybe you, it's like a big uh, bullet point on your 2021 resume would be this win. Um, it's just that Curly I and Ross do like- don't really have don't need to update the resume. The resume is pretty pretty good as of right now. So fair, fair. I do like that world that you created in the beginning where everybody just switches events before the next championship. It's Curly, it's Curly in the hundred, it's Norman in the two hundred, and I guess you bump Lyles up to the four hundred or Holloway up to the four hundred. <laughs> Who would have I mean, if we have a hundred team next year in the US with Norman and Curly on it that would just be again the 400 as an event would be guys what are we doing guys what about i'm right over here what about me what about me it's hard enough to get people to run me now everybody's leaving the people that were really good you're all you're all gone yeah the one person i would like to see added or if someone scratches i hope marvin bracy's on standby after his 985 yeah that would be cool do we talk a little bit about uh the four the four by one? Um, mentioned Cravon Gillespie is in this race, and I say he has something to prove because people were kind of talking about him being the anchor and wasn't able to close up on the Ghana guy. Um, Cravon Gillespie did a eighteen minute reaction video to the four by one, where he kind of talked about the behind the scenes of what actually went down for Team USA when it came to preparing for this four by one. Um, and he gave some interesting tidbits. Uh, first thing he talked about was he basically um, confirmed the thoughts that we all had of why does USA not run as well? And we were thinking it's lack of practice. And he was like, yes, we did not practice. Um, he he <laughs> yes, basically we did talked, not practice. He, he spent like the first eight minutes of the video. I su- suggest you guys all go watch it. It's, Go to Craven Gillespie's YouTube channel. Um, he basically, for the first eight minutes of the video, detailed like the schedule and talked about how, you know, 
Kenny Benaric and Noah Lyles were never going to be on the four by one for practice. If anything, they would be on the final, but yeah. they would have been on a final four by one with zero practice. Then they talked about how Bromel, Baker, and um, Curly never practiced for the four by one, only until the 100 was done. So Gillespie and Micah Williams were the only ones practicing four by one exchanges because they didn't have individual events. So then once Curly and Bromel and Baker were added to practice time, they really only had one day of practice. And the original order that they thought they would have got changed because of Bromel's being Bromel exiting the not making the the final in the 100. So it made Bromel mm -hmm. want to be in the prelim. So basically, the thought that I got out of this, they had no idea their order going into the Olympics. And I feel like mm -hmm. every other country knows their order going into the Olympics, but they were letting the results of the Olympic finals and seeing what happens in the 200 dictate who runs the four by one. And yeah, I remember going to Houston. Yeah. Houston knew the order of their four by one in March for the June race. They knew their March. They in March they knew the order of the four by one for their June final. That's how colleges work, right? They're like, we know you're the four. We're gonna get the order right. We're gonna practice exchanges, exchanges for three months, and then put it together at the NCAA final. In USA, clearly they're like, oh no, we're gonna have one practice. Well, two guys. Well, only one of them is gonna be in it. Like Quivon Gillespie spent the entire week practicing exchanging with Micah Williams, all for there to. For him not even be part of it and have him be an anchor, right? So it basically confirmed the idea that Team USA doesn't really prioritize the four by one, which is why we have the situation that we get. And he said you can have four nine eight guys, you don't have good exchanges, yeah. you're not gonna do well. So I think the interchangeable parts thing and looking and waiting on the results, I think that's all well and good for the four by four. I think the four by one I, with what we've seen the US men do over the past 15, 20 years now, you could just say, let's just pick a squad and stick with it. If you have to roll with four 10 to 10 five guys, you still have enough talent to win. Just get the exchanges clean and live with that. Yeah. And Gillespie even hinted that there've been like coaching changes last minute. Uh, the original coach got pulled he didn't really go into details why or he, that's a okay. political reason of the why or whatever, <laughs> uh, but their coach that they had changed last minute. It's like, what are we doing? Why are we changing the most important coach? You could argue we have an official coach, right, for Team USA. It was Mike mm -hmm. Holloway, Coach Holloway. Um, but, like, they're more of, like, just, you know, more of an administrator, right? They're just, like, making sure, okay, you're good, you're good. Everyone has their own personal coach. And all the coaching really has been completed by the time you get to the Olympic Games. But the <laughs> one coach that is most important than any other coach is the four-by-one coach. Because that's actually coaching. That's actually yeah, yeah, teaching yeah. the athletes. This is what we're doing. You don't need to teach right. uh, Galen Rupp how to drink a water bottle or change his hat in a marathon. You don't need to teach... Uh, Brittany Reese, how to prepare for her long jump competition. She already knows. She's ready to go. But you do need to teach four guys who don't train together, who 
probably have minimal words conversations with each other because they're competitors yeah. how to become one you know so anyway it was interesting here's, to watch here's what I, watch it it's, it's here's what it's long uh enjoy it here's over what i break. think here's what i think before i said hey just take four five six seven eight make them the relay team and be good with it because you have enough talent in four five six seven eight four five six seven excuse me you can't you don't want to do a five by one that'd be complicated but you have enough talent in that next group to win but if someone in that first three wants to do it and commits to the practices, then you should let them on. But I think yeah. a week after the trials, when everything's calmed down, they should set the team and they should, you should get commitment. And if you're the number one person and you don't want to do the practices, that's totally fine, but they'll put somebody else on the team. And the yeah. team should be the same in the semis as it is going to be in the final. And they need to be okay with the fact that you're not going to have, you may not get a commitment from everybody. And if you miss the practice and don't do what you're supposed to do, then you just do the next person up. We talked about Italy, runner up in world relays and now the world champions. Back in May, they had 75% of the team that they put out in Tokyo. The United States, the if they went to the world relays, would not have had 75% of the team. That would not have, three of those four guys would not have been on a world relays team in May. It just wouldn't have happened. Would not have happened. And I tell you, if who who finished four, five, six, seven? So Kenny B, Cravon Gillespie, Michael Williams, and was Justin Gatlin seven? Yeah, or was it? I think it was Gatlin. Yeah, I might have. Okay, I he pulled up. So if guys. we if we say that's the Lyles. team, yeah. So if if we if oh it was Lyles. Okay, so if we said it was Kenny B, <laughs> Michael Williams, Cravon Gillespie, Noah Lyles' team, that team. Clearly could have won. And we said, that's the team. Romel, do you want to be on the team? If you want to be on the team, though, you're allowed. We'll kick Noah Lyles off the team if you want to be on it. But if you want to be on it, you need to do practice. Does he say yes to that agreement? Does he agree to do practice mm -hmm. in exchange? Uh, yeah, he'll say, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Would Ronnie mm -hmm. Baker say yes? Yes, he would say yes. Yeah. Would Fred Curley say yes? Yes. Would Kenny B say yes? He'd be like, yeah, I know I got the 200... But yeah, I want to be on that team. Like, if you gave them the ultimatum, whether yeah. like we're allowing the athletes to not have to worry about practice. But if we say you either want the being on the team requires the practice. We get it, you got the yeah. individual events. <clears throat> if you care about your individual events and you don't think you can do the practice, that's fine. Best of luck. We're gonna cheer for you, but we gotta go to the next person. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you no hard feelings. we would end up no hard... <clears throat> Yeah. I guarantee you. No, it's fine. Any B. Fred Curley, Ronnie Baker, and Bromel would have that would have been the four by one in the prelim. And it's weird because like I mean, Andre DeGrasse, he was in the he was in the prelim and he was yeah. just he just came off of winning the two hundred. So it's not like it was impossible. Yeah. Like it's Listen, possible for these guys these, to do it. So these guys come up running three, four events in high school, in college, right? They can do it for the Olympics. I'm sure they're ready to I just think Everything's been way overcomplicated. It doesn't need to be this yeah. difficult. Do you want to do it or do you not want to do it? If you want to do it, you need to show up, do the practice, run the first round, run the second round. It's not like the four by four. We're not going to wing yeah. it with the handoffs anymore. And if people don't want to do it, Travis, pull up uh, the yearly list, sort by Americans, men, 100. All right? Let's look at how many. So if the first eight don't want to do it, do you know what the U.S. has? We got Scroll down. Look at all these 10-0 people you could put. 
Look at keep going. We got twelve <laughs> guys under ten. Keep going. We can put some. Terrence Laird on it. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Look at all these. Keep going. You could. You could. Put, you know who has guys that that run this way? Italy, and they win. Yeah. You can build a team around ten ten guys. That's my point. So if people don't want to do it, then just sub them in. You could totally win with one sub nine nine guy great passes from everybody else and some 10-0 people or some high 9-9 people. This is Italy's list. You have Jacobs as the outlier, then you have Tortu. Tortu's broken 10 before, but this year's a 10-10 guy. You have three guys who broke broken 10-2 this year and they won gold. The passes are important. Yeah. The passes and are this important. Isn't, and this isn't on the athletes, right? Because the athletes are just doing what the coaches are allowing them to do. They're allowing them to focus 100% on their individual events. And if your coach says that's where you can prioritize, you're going to do it. It's on the coaches yeah. to force their athletes to practice. And if the athlete says no, then it's on the coaches yeah. to be like, okay, are you sure? Because if you say no, we're going to replace you. And then if they still say no, that's fine. And we have – we then win still more goals, right? More people yeah, – so, yeah, they see the well, – they need to change it. Well, listen, anybody who's coached at any level – knows sometimes you need to take a short-term loss for a longer-term gain. So maybe in the short, you need to say no, and you need to hold the line on this policy in the short-term to let people know you're serious so that the long-term, then people will fully commit to it. Um, Anthony in the chat says it's claimed that the agents of the athletes have a say in who runs. Uh, yeah, and that's something Carl Lewis brought up when he did his Instagram Live. Um, basically trying to get people into the early rounds so that way you get a gold medal. Well, the agent shouldn't run the show. I'm sorry. They shouldn't. The well, they, coaches want the, should. they want the bonus, right? I, they probably get a percentage of their money. Like, oh, if my, if my athlete has an extra medal, yeah. therefore I get an extra little something-something. And that's great for them. I don't blame them for advocating for their athlete, but it's the other people's job to say, we're going to do what's in the best interest of the team, and that's not it because it's clearly not working. So I'm guessing that comment is basically hinting at maybe potential that Bromel, when he didn't make the like, – they're planning on only to, to like, hey, if you make a final, you're, on, you're in the final of the 4 by one and Bromel not making a final, Bromel was going to be taken off the final of the 4 by one So Bromel would have basically been – Kind of switch situation like Quinera Hayes, where it's like, crap, uh, now I'm going to be replaced in the four by one and I'm going to go home with no medals. So we had to figure out, they had to figure out a way, hey, let's get Bromel on the, the prelim. But what should have happened is Bromel should have just been on the team no matter what. And he would have, should have done the practice. And there should have been no like contingency, you're off the team if you don't make an individual final. Like, no, you're on the team or you're off the team. The team is known on August 1st, and we just go, but. Yeah. Yes, 100%, and well, no, before August 1st. Team before needs August, to be yeah. decided before you get, yeah, 1st, before you yeah. get on a plane. Well, July 1st, when the meet's over, and people are talking about yeah. there's no relay camp and they couldn't do it. I mean, they could have gotten people together stateside before they flew over. You could get people together before their, there's no rule that says you have to wait for relay practice until your individual event is over. That doesn't exist. Right. All right. Back to pre. What else are you excited about? 
uh, women's 800. Sorry about that. Feng Mo. Headlines this race. Deep field, though. Good field. Got a lot of stars from Tokyo in there, as well as Kate Grace, who's been on fire, running 157s all over the world. And you also have, um, as I mentioned before, Ajay Wilson, Raven Rogers, Gemma Riki, Keely Hodgkinson, silver medalist, Natoya Gul, Halima Nikai. So this is going to be this is going to be good, and this is going to be. It's been a year of firsts for a thing, Mo, and this is her first truly fast Diamond League 800 attempt. Here's a question for you. Let's assume the field, the race is fast, and a thing Mo wins. She she break, she runs a fast time. She runs like 154, crazy maybe in a 153. I don't know, but a thing Mo wins handedly, and it's fast, and second place runs like 156 low, and the person who gets second is Kate Grace. When you have to do a ranking at the end of the year in 2021, who are the top three 800 meter runners in the world? Who would, where would Kate Grace? In the world. Number two. I think she'd have to win this race for her to be number two. Really? Not getting second to a thing, Mo? I think she's got to win. I just, I put a lot of weight in the, in the Olympics, especially based on how fast they ran. She beats a thing, Mo, though. I'm putting her on the list. I don't know. I think running 156 and beating Hodgkinson, uh, Rogers, Riki, like beating basically second, third, and fourth (laughs) that finish at the Olympics. Yeah. That means something. And in a fast time. So. So she's got, well, because, but look at, look at, like, look at Riki's season, though. She's got two sub-157s on there as well, too. And she made it to the Olympic final. If you're basing it just on fast times and not performance at the Olympics, then you're going to introduce some other people as well, too. But I think, I think if she beats a thing, Mo, I think you're 100% right. I think you're bang She's on. She's not going to be a thing, Mo. But I just want to see, is there anything Kate Grace can do outside of being a thing, Mo, the rest of the year for us to consider her Top three 800 meter runner in the world. Counterpoint: Is there anything Kate Grace can't do? Because right now she's doing everything. So <laughs> has her momentum slowed at all? I, are you going to bet against Kate Grace? I'm not. I'm betting her to get second if he can do that. Um, betting there's, a, no, betting there's, no, uh, there's no odds for that though, unfortunately. So. I What's wait. your time prediction for Mo? I think she runs 154. That would be something. I think she runs. I think she runs. Becomes the top eighth woman under one fifty-five. Or top eight, yeah. I think that'd be. Yeah, I think even another one fifty-five. I think she runs one fifty-four-five. I think she runs one fifty-four-five. Yeah, I'm curious how the how the rabbiting is going to go because we've talked about this before. A lot of good eight hundred meter runners haven't needed a rabbit in the past. Does it elevate her? The rabbiting's not always that consistent in Diamond League races. Sometimes it ends up hurting more than it helps. But I just think even if she runs another 155, that's an incredible mark and one that is is rare. Semenya, obviously, we have recent memory of doing that doing that a whole bunch of times and breaking 155 as well on a couple occasions. But 
just to show the consistency at that level, I think is going to be a good step forward for her. Now you watch that Olympic race and it leaves no doubt that she could do it again because she looks so effortless. So it's hard to watch that and think, oh, that was a one-off. Nah, yeah. she looked pretty, pretty smooth. Dude, we haven't seen the best of the thing yet. I'm telling you, like 2022 is going to be wild. She's going to run indoor season and we're going to be like, holy crap. Like when she runs her first 800 yep. or 400 or 600 indoors, we're going to be like, dude, what's she going to run in 2022 outdoors? Because I think, I, I know I, we always like to overhype like young talent, but like maybe this is the one. I think she's running 153 in less than 365 days from now. That's what I think. All right, let's jump. Let's jump to the the Bowerman Mile for the men, the fifteen hundred for the women, and then we'll do the rest of the pre events tomorrow once they get finalized here. So we get let's get we give a shout out. We have a super chat for those who don't know. We get the super chat option. KD, what's that mean? Gave a super chat. What's that mean? It, it means they 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 chatted to us and they want us to read it, and so we're gonna read it. And it just gives a big shout out to Richardson. It says Richardson is young and she's coming one hundred. Can't wait. So we just gotta. Oh. When someone gives a super chat, you just got to say what they say. It's, it's, it's I just didn't law. know what it was. It's federal law. Okay. <laughs> I'm learning all these new new terms for YouTube here. A super chat. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, next day says a thing Mo doesn't need a rabbit. She can control the race in the front. I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, again, Semenya and a lot. You go back and watch some of those races, especially towards the latter part of Semenya's 800-meter career. Uh, she she did a lot of those solo, so pretty exciting. Before we talk, right. but okay, what if any you want to talk about next? I just wanted to do a few minutes on the Bowerman Mile, a few minutes on the fifteen hundred for the women, and then I want to talk about Pete Julian's new name of his group and his launch video. Let's talk about Pete Julian first. Let's talk about the new group. Let's do that first. Okay. Okay. Can we play this? Can we play this video? Can we play it with audio. Right, so, yeah. We'll new watch party. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know so, if it has, does it have audio? I don't know if we can play audio. So basically, I think, I'm not sure. I think this video was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I can't confirm that, but it's incredibly dramatic. It starts out with Pete Julian looking through the rearview mirror. There's windmills, there's animals, there's dragonflies, there's a forest, there's nature, there's a big wave. There's a lot going on here. Gordon, there's a shot of Pete coaching and then a logo of a torch. And it says a storm is coming. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot going on here. Yeah, so first I thing I him, notice is... Oh, what? Go. I was just saying, I asked them in February, are you closer to a group name? And they said they had something, but then things kind of... It was going to take a while, and there was going to be a proper launch at some point. Because I floated with him some of the silly names. I said, are you guys going to be called Pete's Dragons or Phil's Knights or any of these other things? And he said, no, they're actually going to do a real, a real thing. So I did notice they got... Uh... A Twitter handle already created, Peach Dragons. Click on that Twitter handle. No post yet. That's it. I feel like Peach Dragons is uh, a herring. It's a yeah, it's not. Herring, that's, they've been joking about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's real. Uh, but you watch the video. They they show some some interesting imagery. They show a goat twice. So they're you know they're mm -hmm. implying that greatest of all time. They show obviously Peach Julian a bunch of times. They show. They used the phrase, a storm is coming. So you're like, oh, maybe the word storm, because, you know, Portland, it rains a lot. Maybe are they going to be like storm elite or 
Storm Track Club, Portland Storm Track Club. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what this name is going to be. If you have any ideas what they think they're going to call themselves, throw it in the chat. Uh, I think it's going to be something with Storm because they said a storm is coming. Uh, You know, Mm. I mean, Portland Storm. Are they they going to use Portland? It'd be Nike. It'd be like Nike Storm Track Club. I don't know. So, uh, Go to Constance Klosterhall. There's a lot going on. So they're all posting about it, right? And Jordan Hesse is in the group, so she's posting about it. Brazier's posting about it. Constance Klosterhall's in caption, though. I mean, I can't. It's not safe for work here. I don't understand it. She wrote, don't F it up. Hashtag Nike. Then also, I was looking at Raven Rogers' Instagram. Travis, I sent you this picture. Uh, she posted. So she, Raven Rogers, obviously, Donovan Brazier are, are in the group. She posted this picture on Instagram, not related to the launch. But it's of uh, Donovan Brazier sleeping in the back of a truck, and I don't understand it. I I, I texted it to you, Travis. It's in the it's in the it's in your uh, in your text, and it's it's a it's a joke. Like she says, "Happy Monday" and a crying emoji, but it's like I don't understand it because it's Brazier sleeping on a mattress in the back of a truck. It looks like he's there for like a drive-in movie, but it doesn't look like it's like late at night. Like I don't understand. Did you see this, Gordon? I have not seen this, but that is hilarious. I don't know what that means. I don't know means. what's going on. What's what going, going on with this group? <laughs> is this like the is the U-Haul kind of sim- uh, like a uh, like a a way to tell them like they're moving somewhere because there's a U-Haul in the back? Maybe I don't know. Like no, I I don't I don't know. That's a legit air mattress. Uh, and and the the captions cut off. It says Happy Monday, and there's a crying emoji. So I don't. I don't know. I have no. I want to know. Does anybody know Donovan? If you're this watching, is, let us know what's going on. I don't, was that this because the video happened a long time ago, so it's not like that was prepped for the shoot or anything like that. Like it's not like a tease for the shoot. It looks like he legitimately fell asleep in the back of his truck in a random parking lot in Portland. I just want to know what's going on. Here's the thing that we really need to know what's going on. Go to Donovan Brager's version of this Instagram. This is a lot of. Just put it up. Put it up on the screen. What do you see there, Kevin? Top comment. Uh, he says, "Oh, a thing, Mo, smiley face." I mean, they're both Aggies. People read so much into it. Everybody likes hey. everybody's posts. Even people from is different she, brands she, like people's posts. Is she joining the team? Is that what that is? No, I think it's just a smiley face. Hey, but it has thirty-three likes. 38 likes. It does. It's, it's it's like a casual smiley face. It's not an emoji. It's, you know, maybe. Doesn't. Look at go to the beginning. Like a bunch of that people shot, I've never heard of. <laughs> that shot with Pete Julian looking through the rear view mirror. Doesn't it look like he's, it's like Bradley Cooper in a movie. Like he's about, he's on like some sort of mission. That's what it reminds me. Like that's a dramatic shot. The shot of somebody looking through the rear view mirror. But I, I don't know. Say I think it's just an. A na- they could sell gear, so it makes sense. People, a lot of people bought NOP gear. You'd see NOP gear on the trail. You'd see it in places far away from Oregon. So it makes sense that they would try to merchandise this group. Oh, so oh yeah, here's Jessica Hull's quote: "Fate whispers to the Warriors, you cannot withstand the storm. The Warriors whisper back, we are the storm. A new team is coming. Stay tuned.' I think the word storm is going to be in the title. And also, if you watch this video over and over again." It doesn't really do a good job at promoting like Portland weather. 
because everything just looks kind of like <laughs> murky and dark and like overcast the entire time, which I guess that's the Northwest for you. But yeah. Hmm. Okay, Storm's hold on. Here's coming. a so I don't know if this is true, but in the chat, Breezy, who could be credible, could not be, but says Raven needed help moving. Donovan helped her, but they got stuck in the storage unit area or something like the gates locked. So basically they had to camp out. If that's true, good job, Donovan Brazier. That's a great, yeah. great gesture as a friend. Helping someone move teammate, and then getting yeah. locked and then sleeping. Having an air mattress handy and then blowing it up and putting it in the truck, in the back of the truck is, is, is a lot of commitment here. So Sugar Osako is calling it Sugar Elite. There's just, everybody's got their own name here. And then Craig Sugar Engels Elite. is talking. Craig Engels is talking to the media about retiring. It's just, it's a very, very confusing time right now. And I'm glad that there's goats in this video and big waves. And a dog. <laughs> there's just so I love much this. stuff. We, we, we need more content like this where we don't know what we're seeing. You know, we need to know, like... I love the Pete's Dragon okay. red herring because it kind of get you off the scent of the trail. Yeah. Um, breezy update. He says, in? seriously, she posted it on her stories. Okay. So if she posts on her stories, it's got to be true. They just went to the stock footage file and went nuts. Whoever edited this was just like, was like, goat, yes. Wave, yes. Windmill, why the hell not? Let's More. put it all in here. Chop Tunnels. it up with some, a tunnel. Tunnel. And let's get that awesome shot of Pete looking at the rearview mirror, some shots of the run, the, the shoes. Let's got it all in there. Export. We got it. For the record, I like the video. Just going to say that. I like the video. Oh, I like it too. I like it too. Listen, anytime you can get M. Night Shyamalan to collab on a Nike project, you know, you're going to get a lot of eyeballs on it. So, forests. Man, there's just a lot. It's just... See, I saw that wave and I was like, man, did, are they as into that 100-foot wave dock on HBO as I am? They must be because they're throwing the wave in there. <laughs> well done. We'll keep tabs on All this right. as the story develops. Um, the thing, though, I, I should mention is they want – people are interested in, like, when you add new people to a group. And I don't – and Hase, it's been common knowledge because anybody who follows her on Instagram sees her training with them. I don't know if they're adding anybody new, but that would be the thing that would really um, – Shake things up. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about Bowerman Mile? Chariot, Inga Britson. Who wins this? I mean, I'm saying Inga Britson because I went on record saying the dam has been broken and now it's uh, Jakob's uh, time to shine for the next five years. So I don't think Jakob's going to lose another race until 2023. I like how this guy breaks a 10-race losing streak to Timothy Chariot, and then you're crowning him for the next three years. Just, that's it. Never going to lose again. Beat yep. him once. Yep, Can't foresee any situation where Timothy nope. Chariot turns None. the tables. This race is going to be way different. And I'm not saying Jakob can't win, because of course he can win, but you talked about the sprinters flying from Jamaica, well, Chariot and Ingebrigtsen are going to have to get on a much longer flight. They're running a one-off race, no rounds. It's going to be a lot different. What I'm watching for in this race is does Timothy Chariot adjust his tactics at all, knowing that Ingebrigtsen is now capable 
of sitting on that fast pace and kicking past. Do we give any indication about what 2022 is going to look like based on what happened in, in Tokyo and in this race? I say no. I say he's going to stick to it. Because if you have a method that works for you, I don't think you're going to abandon it just based on one race. But I want to see if he does try to switch things up, maybe not be as aggressive in the middle, maybe tries a drive from, from, from shorter out and forces Ingebrigtsen maybe to do some work if he wants it to go fast. No, nah, I mean, they're going to go from the gun. This, there's no sit and kick here. They want to run a fast mile. They, they still have very modest mile PBs. So I think they really want to get into the 347, 348 range. Oh, fast. They're going to they go faster than that. Yeah, maybe 346. Sure. So yeah. uh, I think they're, 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 they're coming for a PB. They're not coming for the prefontaine win right they already got their win that they wanted which is an olympic medal they're coming for a fast time it's them versus the clock yeah so yeah all right all right also in this race you got matthew centrowitz of the united states only eight people listed right now jay edwards oliver Hoare, jake hayward i would love to see josh kerr in this race Mix it up. I'd like to see Cole Hawker in this race, but we do not have anybody other than these eight as of right now. Yeah, Centrowitz seven days ago put a post about being disappointed about uh, not being able to make the final. You know, mm -hmm. there was a lot of not expectations, but like confidence going into Centro's season, seeing him able to quickly. Get back on top, winning all those fast 15, winning, not fast, but winning the 1500s on US soil a bunch of times. Look good in workouts. He remember he did that three 800s in the track meet workout. Um, he did lose at the trials, but you were like, oh, a hawker's another animal. So a loss to hawkers at the end of the world. Went for the mm -hmm. American record attempt, fell short in there in the mile. And he's been quoted saying, like, I feel like I'm in my best shape ever. So, you could yeah. you could tell that the result of not even making the final at the Olympics was definitely a disappointment for him and for Centrowitz mm -hmm. fans and for American fans. So maybe this is be a chance for him to kind of show that his mishap in the semis at the Olympics was an aberration, and he can come out here and set a new PB in the mile. You know, try to run a three forty eight, maybe three forty seven. We'll see. Um, but clearly, it's not the end of Centro. We, you, you, we have already, I, not we, but I have always said, like, maybe this is the changing of the guard of, you know, eventually the likes of Leo Manzano and Bernard Lagat had to step aside mm -hmm. for the young group coming in. And Central was one of those person, one of those people who kind of took the mantle of the dominant figure. Um, and now Hawker's kind of doing it at a similar age that Centro did it. Yeah. But Centro's not going anywhere. I mean, he's still talented. He still recently ran 349. So it's like not. Yeah, it's gonna, well, not, he's gonna yeah. still. Yeah. So the question is, we got a question in the chat: Can he PR? Absolutely, because basically, yeah. can he run faster than he did in a time trial a couple of weeks ago, where the pacing was a bit all over the place, and it was just himself over the last few meters? All these guys should get PRs because you don't run the mile yes. that much, and you look at you look at a three a three twenty eight for Jakob Ingebrigtsen. That, 
that equates out to a 345 mile, roughly. How many people in history have run sub 346 in a mile? I think it's only three people who have done that for the men. It's Garouge, it's Nian, and it's Morsali who have run sub 346. But he could absolutely, you know, Jakob could absolutely do that just based on his 1500 times. And obviously, so could, so could Cheryu. So I could see a lot of people setting PBs. I mean, if Centro, it, what did he run in? In Tokyo, when he missed the fuck. Oh, sorry. In Tokyo, ran three thirty three in that race. So I mean, that's a three fifty right there. So in an even paced race, I think I think he could for sure run three forty eight. Problem is in this race, three forty eight might not get you in the top four. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's true. It's going to be really fast. I just yeah. I mean, we're putting up the all time list here. Garouge ran, obviously, world record. Nian, 343. Morsali, 344. And then there's all the way to 346. But if you equate those over to 1,500 meter times, right? Garouge's is right at 326, which is what he ran. But then that Steve Cram, 346, who's number four right now, you subtract 17 seconds. That's 329. That's People run 329s now, and we don't have a meltdown about it being ridiculously fast. Yeah, I think... Uh... I think Centro's going to run faster here because when he ran his 349, he did a lot of it by himself. He's not going to be by himself in this situation. So I feel like the presence of Ingebrigtsen and Chariot and all the other guys is going to give Centro someone to chase and follow during the middle part of that race that he didn't have when he went for that solo 346 attempt back in uh, July. So I can see him easily... If he thought he could run 346 in that situation, he should feel like he could run 346 in this situation. So I'm not sure if he's going yeah. to run 346, but I could definitely well, see him get 348, maybe even a 347. Well, and he's not a big time trial guy, and he's especially not a time trial by yourself type guy. So putting yeah. more people in the race, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna help him. Uh, women's women's race is gonna be exciting because you got fifth Faith Kipieg on possibly the best women's miler of all time going against Laura Muir. Those are the two headliners in there. Although again, it's another, another very deep field with a lot of the best in the world. You also have Gabrielle W. Stafford, uh, Jessica Hall is there. Um, for the Americans, you have Corey McGee, Gisette Norris and Shannon Osika. But Kipiakon's only a second off the world record. I think we're going to at least see an attempt at that. Gordon. From her, you think in this race we're gonna it's gonna feel like Monaco where they're gonna be going pretty hard in the beginning. I th I think she's gonna go well. So you need a rabbit that can go a thousand at that pace, and you run out of people that you could actually use. However, I think she's certainly in the shape to do it. She looked. I mean, she ran so fast in the semis and in the finals in Tokyo, and those were with medals on the line. You'd think if the focus is just a time, she could perhaps drop it. But I think where she does her best work, Kibiegan does her best work with Hassan in the race. Yeah. And Hassan's not going to be in the race. She's going to be going for the 5K world record the night before. So you can't really replace that type of competition because she was there with Kip She was I don't want to say she was a rabbit, but she was pushing pushing her even when she was behind her, but she was there 
with her in in Florence and in Monaco and made it feel like there was a real sense of urgency. It wasn't just her versus the clock. So without her there, the gap should be bigger. Although Muir, Muir can push during the middle of the race. Maybe she can keep her company through 1,200. But if you go out at 350 pace, you're not going to have many people to run with. That's just the rule of rule of thumb. Yeah, I think um, I feel like Cape Yegon's season has kind of been uh, kind of under the radar in a weird way, and I think that's probably it's been amazing because it's yeah. mainly because of Safan Hassan, right? Because you see what Hassan is doing when she, it's all about the triple talk, and she's kind of been taking over the the spotlight of women's distance running. Uh, but Cape seats in front of our eyes is showing like she's like the fittest she's ever been. She's on the verge of yeah. world record pace. And maybe this is a moment for her to try to get back on the spotlight and be like, hey, I can break the world record. And she comes closer, maybe even does it. And once again, though, we probably will have a world record from Safana San 24 hours prior. So she still will be <laughs> yeah. under the radar because we'll be talking about yeah. Safana San's world record more or whatever. But Kibyegan, man, she she's doing... If if Safana San wasn't around, she would be the talk of the town. But because of the whole triple attempt, well, you know, it just kind of her. She still she should be still because it's different events. And when Hassan came to yeah. her event this year, she got she beat. Got now Safan Safan beat her in in 2019, but this year Kipiagon's been the best. So you got this is her. You talked about her year, Gordon. Three fifty one oh seven, three fifty three one. 353.9, 356.8. Her four best times. Yeah, there's not a bad like race that. in those, in those, uh, no. on that resume for 2021. Man, these people, they're just, got- they're making running fast seem so easy, right? Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. See what they do in the 400 hurdles, these 400 meter runners coming down to the 100, these mid distance runners, you know. Jakob and Timothy Chariot just jogging 328s, and now we have Yeah. flirting with the world record. It's just wild. We got some super chats here. Uh, Katie Ooh. says, word on when Nike will be releasing Richardson merch. That I don't know, unfortunately. I, I have no I mean, we rarely see merchandise by Nike around track athletes, right? It, it's not because they kind of don't really do custom content around runners. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a little bit of it with Mo Farah, I think. Didn't Mo Farah have a couple Nike things? Yeah. Maybe well, going back in the day, those Zoom Kennedys, they made spikes after Bob Kennedy. But yeah. Travis put up that chart earlier. Not many track athletes have yeah. have the, what's, the Y-axis going up that high in terms of follower count. So maybe. I know that McLaughlin's doing stuff with New Balance, right? I've been seeing that posted everywhere. Yeah, so. but it's it's hard, right? It's hard to for a apparel company to invest all the way in on one individual athlete. Shakari might be one of those athletes, and I could see her getting some merch eventually. I mean, I'm sure Nike is realizing, ooh, we got a gold mine in the Richardson fame. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check this out. Sydney McLaughlin on two days ago. New Balance, Sydney McLaughlin, SM. Hashtag NBXSM. Yeah, we have another super chat go. from Tom Wayne. Another one. Dude, all these super chats. Three in one day. We didn't even tell people about it. 
but we're just getting it. It's just it's organically happening. Gordon, can you bet my money on the pre classic? Uh, I'll love to bet your money. If you want to Venmo me all your money, I will bet it. Problem is, you can't bet on pre classic because there's no bookies out there. With, I mean, I could look. I'm not sure. Maybe international. Check out Bovada or something. But yeah, I don't see any uh, sports lines on uh, track and field right now. It's just who would you bet on if you could? Who do you feel the most confident in? Bet for a win? Yeah, just uh, just make up the, your odds in your head. But who do you think? The well, most... I would bet on a thing Mo winning, but I wouldn't get good odds on that. Okay. So if I had to bet, though, I guess the, the best thing would be there probably would be good odds on betting. your house on her? A Jamaican to beat Shakari because I bet you people will be over betting that yeah Shakari's going to win Shakari's going to win so like taking Elaine Thompson would probably be better odds so I probably would do that I'll probably hedge against my public take that Shakari's going to win and bet on Elaine Thompson that's probably what I would do classic <laughs> classic Gordon hey you know on Friday term- we'll we'll talk about the other fields that haven't been released yet so. Men's two, men's eight. Men's two mile, we know that the podium is supposed to be there. So that's a med, Chalimo, and Chapter guy. Uh, triple jump shot put, we know Krause is going to be there. So that'll be exciting. And then women's four-meter hurdles, high jump, pole vault, and then the women's distance races. There's a lot of them we don't have full fields on other than the eight and the 15. But there's a 5,000 they have with Savannah Hassan. We don't have the full field, though. And there's a two mile, and then there's also North American sections in the eight and the fifteen. Luckily, we'll show on Friday. Friday. Yeah, we'll show on Friday. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to it. Anything, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, there was an article, but we can talk about it Friday, or we can talk oh, yeah. about it on Monday. Instead, we Classic. went into the four by one deep dive again. Yeah, four by one deep dive. We'll talk about. It. We have a lot of time. Sports still going on. More podcasts. We'll get to it. Yeah. And we'll read you super chats cool, if you cool. start super chatting us. It'll be fun. Yeah. Like, super, subscribe. Super, super, super chat. Like, subscribe. I think our YouTube channel almost has 10,000 subscribers. So if you subscribe, we can get to that 10K mark. That'll be pretty cool. Right? Yeah. Help us out. So yeah. Help us out. Help Kevin out. And me out. Subscribe. And Travis. It'll make me feel better about this endeavor. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Colt. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you guys on Friday. Friday.